Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome. To the Liberal Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lackadaisical Liberal Cuberless. This show is a journey into the inner folds and nooks and crannies of my brain. Why would you want to experience such a thing? Uh, I, to be honest, I don't know. And that may explain the not total lack of listeners, but very few of you. The few, the proud, <laughs> the many. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, top of the show things I normally say are things like, uh, you know, uh, you may not have experienced some of the media yourself that I'm about to talk about, so I could spoil it for you. I warn of that possibility. Uh, another thing I, I wanted to say at the top of this one is I got a new microphone. Wow. What episode is this? Uh, number 527. Jesus Christ. So 527. Uh, the first ones all using the same, uh, it was a good microphone. It was, it was a fine snowball, uh, blue Nessie, uh, treated me well over the years, but, uh, uh I felt like it was time for a change. It, it would periodically do a thing where, uh, if you touched it too much, it would like just, uh, it didn't like it <laughs> and it would like disconnect. Uh, I recorded a podcast, uh, Fire Breathing Kittens, have a, a listen to that, a D&D podcast, in which I DM'd, no less. Uh, and uh, the first half of that podcast, uh, something was really funky with the recording, and I have no idea why. Second half was fine, uh, nothing different between the two that I could figure out. But uh, I, I thought it was time for a change. You know, why not treat yourself, as they say in uh, certain Parks and Recs episodes, so uh, I don't know what I got exactly, um, but but it's pretty nice. Uh, it came with like a built-in arm, not a built-in arm, but like an arm to put it right close to your face. Got your pop filter. I've done some testing with it so far. Seems like the levels are good. It's a condenser microphone. It's uh, I just kicked it up a, a, a few notches from where I was. So I'm hoping and do believe from the evidence I've seen so far that the audio quality of this podcast will have improved now. So that's good, right? Less good is coronavirus. Uh, so I'm deep in, deep in it right now. Uh, I, I, professional podcasters don't obviously throw this out very often, uh, the actual date in which recordings are happening. Uh, and I probably should do it less than others because I record uh, quite a bit in advance. Uh, like I think I have, geez, five or six weeks of episodes banked and ready to go, uh, scheduled. So, for example, today's date is March 21st. Oh, so that'll give you sort of an idea of where I am. And uh, we're going to save that talk for the end of the show in our conversation cleanup. Okay? Uh, other than that, a pretty regular, normal show uh, that will commence when I push this button. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Aya, 
All right, one movie. Wow, I, I don't know if I've done a movie monologue with only one movie in a long, long time, but uh, you'll see when I get to internet intercourse why there's only one movie, and that movie is Graveyard Shift from 1990. Jesus Christ, this movie. Oh, man, uh, like I, I do remember seeing it as uh, probably too young a child, um, and I do remember the end credits theme song, which I sang to the missus before it played, uh, to see how accurate I was with my remembrance of it. And it was actually pretty close. So somehow a movie from 1990 that I saw, you know, however many years ago. That's a lot of years. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm old. Uh, <laughs> I somehow remembered the end credits theme song to this movie, which do yourself a favor. Don't even watch the movie. Just watch the end credits theme song. It's on YouTube. I did check because the, the day after we watched it, I sent it to the missus. And it's something else. And this movie's something else. It's definitely a so bad it's good movie. I I feel like like a like a quintessential. Um, based on a Stephen King short story, which uh, I was telling the missus this, and I don't really know how I know this or a lot of things to be honest. But Stephen King does a thing where if you want to turn one of his short stories into a movie. Uh, you know, your, your typical writer of books and novels and novellas and such is going to charge you, you know, a, a nice chunk of change to do so. Stephen King, on the other hand, uh, charges a dollar. So that's why there exists a lot of Stephen King movies, because uh, people can take that content for a dollar and turn it into a movie to sometimes good effects, but sometimes not so much. Um, uh, let me read the imda. Maybe that'll tell us something. In a very old textile mill with a serious rat infestation, the workers discover a horrifying secret deep in the basement. Ooh, what could it be? <sighs> this is a weird movie. Um, Stephen, I don't know how you say this last name. Macht, M-A-C-H-T, Matched. I honestly don't know. He plays a character called Warwick in this. And it is... By the end of the movie, this is maybe my favorite character in all of just movies, period. He is so over-the-top ridiculous with his... Aya? Uh, his sort of a... Uh, 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 what is that? Oh, God, I was going to say Middle East accent. <laughs> but that's not quite right. Uh, what is that? Uh, New England. Somehow, in my brain, and maybe this is being stuck inside for so many days, I got the Middle East confused with New England, is what just happened there. Whew. Anyways, sometime, uh, somehow his, his, his accent is insane. Uh, if you've read a lot of Stephen King, which I've read most of, I would even say, like I've read a lot, dozens anyways, um, there's a word that you'll find in quite a few, and it's Aya, A- Y-U-H, which is apparently something that people in New England say, <laughs> just like, I, I guess it means yes, like, I uh, yeah, uh, and, and he says it a lot in a, in a very pronounced and I don't think very accurate accent. There's a few times in this movie where <laughs> it's like the workers are uh, in the basement, uh, that aforementioned basement, trying to like clean it out of uh, debris and rats. And something happens, and it's just like he pops out of nowhere. It's almost like over the course of this movie, he is watching the other characters at all times from like behind a pole somewhere, and just is ready to pop out at any moment. He is insane in this movie, and I love it. Uh, if you can't tell by now, 
five out of five for Graveyard Shift from 1990, believe it or not. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Red Foreman's Shoe Cleaning and Repair. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, again, I uh, haven't watched much TV either, as will be explained in the internet intercourse. Um, so decided to uh, dust off a Star Trek Voyager that the missus and I are slowly working our way through. We call the show, uh, We, we like I'll say, oh, do you want to watch uh, Best Buds tonight? <laughs> because uh, I, I, I came up with the theory, and I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast. This is this is the theory I have that every quadrant of Star Trek has a, a pair of best buds in it. So, for example, in the Alpha Quadrant, your best buds are Odo and Quark. Now, it's just not two people who are really good friends. There has to be a certain underlying antagonistic. Uh, uh, a give-and-take relationship between the two. So, in the Delta Quadrant, the best buds are, of course, uh, Neelix and Tuvok, <laughs> which uh, the, the episode Tuvix, you know, that really must have been interesting for my theory, right? Yes. Okay, anyways, uh, I'm, I'm here to talk about Year of Hell, which is a, a two-parter, which they did a fair amount in uh, Voyager. Quite often, the season finale and season opener, they would do a, a two-parter, and this was one of them. Uh, I, I'm not alone when I say that this is my... I don't know if it's my favorite episode, but it's definitely my favorite two-parter, and it, it's definitely up there in the in the echelon of high episodes. And I'm definitely not alone in uh, that. This is probably, even just in terms of sci-fi period on television, This uh, these two episodes are praised by fans and uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? My brain is clearly melting from all this time spent inside film critics alike. <laughs> I couldn't think of the word film critic as I'm criticizing a television show. Okay. Anyways, it's called year of hell. Uh, as I said, two-parter, uh, you've got Kurtwood Smith in there. Uh, you may remember him as, well, he was in uh, um, Robocop. He was also Red Foreman in uh, That 70s Show. Probably a lot of people know him from that. Um, so it's basically uh, he, Red Foreman, plays a guy who is on a ship that can exist out of the time stream. And this is something I say to the missus uh, a lot, too, when we watch these. I love time ones. Anyone involving time. She can take them or leave them, as far as the time ones. But uh, but those are my those are my bread and butter. Uh, anyways, because you really have to get your brain into different areas. Like, sort of think of things in way different ways than you're used to. And, and, and it's sort of a fun experiment, I feel like. Anyways, uh, yes. So, he's on the ship that exists outside of time. So, he can go places and try to do things that will change how history has happened. Yeah, that's that's basically it. So, him and another species, his species and another species were at war. Uh, his species developed this weapon that sort of went back in time to, I guess, wipe out the, 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 the bad species, the one they were warring against, uh, before they had, like, space travel, that sort of thing. Now, the issue there is... 
what he didn't know is the ripples of this effect uh, uh, wiped out a great swaths of his race for some reason. There, there, there's sort of the, the chaos effect, the butterfly effect, whatever you want to call it, led to the death of not only a lot of his fellow uh, uh, species, but also his like wife and children were, were wiped out of existence. The only remembrances of them were the ones that are on this ship that are uh, outside of time. So uh, uh, Janeway and crew come uh, come come flying into this region of space where all these time stuff is happening and screw things up so uh, uh you got that you got uh, uh captured uh chicote and tom paris are captured by this guy you got all sorts of good stuff and uh, i don't want to give it away because i think this episode can stand alone to the degree and this is a theory and i wonder if i could get someone to prove this this episode is so good and can stand alone to the degree that if you haven't watched any episodes of star trek voyager you could watch these two and not only get it but sort of it would you would enjoy it is a theory i i have and uh i would like to prove so you listening to this audience participation time as i attempt to do and fail to do from time to time uh, do so. If, if you haven't seen any episodes of Voyager, watch these two. They're available on uh, Netflix. They're available, at least in Canada. Uh, they're probably easy to find. I'm pretty sure. Moving on to... Conan the Librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Banter. Today's book banter sponsor is Zombies. Thank you for that sponsorship. Uh, if you're following along, uh, we are talking Purification, which is book number three of the Autumn series by Mr. David Moody. Oh, interesting. Uh, uh, let me read the Goodreads. Uh, in Autumn Purification, the heroes from the original Autumn and the novel Autumn, colon, The City work together to survive in a horrifying new world. Without ever using the Z word, zombie, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, so basically, it's a zombie. Uh, kind of sort of kind of sort of <laughs> the fact that during all this you know stuck inside because of a virus i'm reading a zombie uh book in which uh all uh practically 99 point some odd percent of the human species was killed by virus one day <laughs> maybe not helping my brain anyways uh, these are really good books though so what the hell uh I, so uh, we, we sort of saw the beginning of that series of events from two different perspectives and two different books and this book is bringing those two peoples together which is very cool um they're brought together at first in the underground army bunker uh which uh there are members of the human race that uh have been in there since the beginning but they know that if they leave the bunker they will die there was like uh, uh not experiments but uh people would go out in the in the like hazmat suits and one guy uh, got his cut open and within seconds he uh, succumbed to the same virus that did killed 99 percent of the population however just so happened one of the other ones didn't so uh, he turned out to be um uh, immune to it which, which was sort of cool to have someone who was uh, in between these humans it's almost like two different species of humans at this point those who are not immune to the virus who have to hunker down underground and those who are immune uh, can go out but then they're they're not army people they're just regular joe blows 
Uh, so he's sort of the, the go-to between these two uh, species of humans, let's call them. Uh, uh, so that's how the book starts. Uh, I, I kind of thought uh, we would have more interactions there, but uh, uh, it, it moves on from there to uh, having to escape for reasons, which I won't give away, and eventually um, making their way to an airfield um, and then making their way to an island. And this book has such an effect on me that <laughs> it was like, I found myself in real life looking for islands near me that I could go to so that the zombies couldn't get me. <laughs> like, do you ever do stuff like that? Like, obviously, planning for zombie attacks is, is, is like a fun, dumb thing to do. But uh, uh, th this had me to such a degree. And again, maybe it's the cooped up inside thing from a goddamn virus um, that is doing things like that. So, you know, that's a peek into my brain, which is basically what this podcast is. Mm. Uh, I think that's it other than to give a rating of, yeah, easy five out of five. Uh, so far this series as a whole, very much enjoying. Um, and, uh, obviously I, I'm getting into it, which is what I like a, a, about a book. Uh, uh, you know what I will say? The first two I could not put down this one, uh, uh this one, uh, a little bit more I was able to put down and maybe it's just all the other thoughts and stuff floating around lately that has uh, torn my focus away let's say and i did say moving on game gabin today's game gabin sponsor is also zombies thank you for that sponsorship Okay, talking Resident Evil 7. Oh, this thing. Uh, finally uh, decided to uh, purchase this game. It was like dirt cheap. Um, or was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, was it just made available on Steam? No, no, that was Borderlands, which I'm playing now, just FYI. So that'll be in a future episode. Um, yeah, it, it was like dirt cheap. It was like like 20 bucks, something like that. And uh, it looked like a lot of fun. And I got a new PC so I could play it on uh, super high settings. And uh, everything looked beautiful and disgusting because it's a Resident Evil game. And uh, I had a lot of fun. Um, scary, which I don't do well with scary games. There was only half a dozen or so times where there was like sort of what I would call it like Jeep, cheap... Uh, jump scares were just like things popped out at you but for the most part uh i didn't get the the typical uh sweats and not fun <laughs> of playing uh super scary horror games with, that i normally get uh, i don't know there's just and i've talked of this before that horror games more than horror movies more than horror books more than haunted houses irl uh, more than anything, um, seem to, for some reason, I, I think it's got to be the interactivity that you're controlling the person experiencing these things, that sort of thing. They scare me more than, than all those other things, like a, like a visceral, actual physical reaction. Um, so I made it through, I beat the game. Um, I think what helped and why maybe I was able to do it is because back in the day when this first came out, I'm pretty sure it was PewDiePie. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was PewDiePie, uh, played through the game and like streamed the whole thing. And I, I, I watched it. <laughs> so like, I knew some of the things that were going to happen. Um, like nothing uh, that was years ago and, and nothing too in depth. Um, but, uh, but I think that helped that allowed me to play it feeling a little better about, 
a little less scared. So thanks, PewDiePie, from years ago when I watched that, I guess. Uh, rating? I think I'll go 4.79. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. It's, it's not quite a 5 for me, uh, but it was definitely a lot of fun. Um, and uh, I like the story. And it's definitely got a creep factor. If you've watched um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the uh, the initial house you are in in this game is you could picture them as being sort of intertwined, the two houses. So the it's sort of that level of uh, being a you know what uh, being a neat freak and watching this. That's another level of freaking terror right there. It's just how gross and disgusting this house is. Uh, moving on to. <laughs> Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is the Invulnerable Vagrant Magic Shop. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, so I only have one. Yeah, did we go? I think this is unheard of. I only have one movie, only have one television, only have one book, only have one game, only have one internet. Uh, and this internet intercourse is the reason why my media consumption is lessened. Well, it, it's still the same. It's just less varied. It's because I decided with the whole, uh, you know, coronavirus being stuck inside, quarantine, self-isolation, all that, working from home, barely leaving the house. I, I did leave the house the other day. I went to the, gro uh, we'll save that for the next segment. Anyways, with all of that in mind, I decided that I was going to do something that I wouldn't normally do which was uh, watch Critical Role. Oh. Now, uh, I tried watching, and I th think I've spoken of this before, I tried watching season one way back in the day, like years ago. Um, and I, 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 it's not like I didn't like it, it's just it feels so impenetrable that there's, you know, hundreds of episodes, four hours long each. Uh, the amount of time needed to consume this felt like it was simply not doable. <laughs> now, on the other hand, I have nothing but time. So I decided, uh, after doing some research, I found out that you could start at season two. And perhaps some people even recommend starting at season two. So that's what I've done. Then uh, if you get to the end and like it, go back and watch season one. So you never know. Maybe I'll do that. Uh, I've watched the first 16 episodes. Uh, I will say I'm watching them at uh, 1.25 to 1.5, depending on... Uh, uh, outside variables um, uh, so I'm watching at an increased speed just how I listen to podcasts at two times speed I've upped the speed on this a little bit I think that's going to help <laughs> get through these at a, a somewhat more doable pace is my theory and uh, I gotta say I'm loving it yeah yeah it's it's really terrific uh, I, I often say of D&D podcasts these are the things I need not 100% role play 100% of the time. That that doesn't work for me. Uh, I want to hear some of the 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 numbers, some of the roles, some of the stats, things like that. Uh, it's got to, and it's got to be funny. Those are sort of the three things I need in a D&D podcast. And uh, this has all of those. Yeah, uh, for some reason, maybe it's season two. It wouldn't be too surprising that season two is different from the ones I watched in season one. But it didn't seem to be that as much. Maybe it's they sort of have found their footing and have moved into this different style but uh there is a lot of role-playing 
<laughs> and they're all very good at it because they're, you know, professional voice actors and improvisers. So there's that. But uh, I don't know if we've ever done in any of our various D&D talks on this podcast the, the Matt Mercer effect, which, you know, that that's a thing, I guess. Eh. Um, just all in all, uh, I'm liking the characters. Um, my favorite would be Jester, probably, uh, just the voice and she, like, like as a DM, I sort of picture which of these characters I would like at my own table. And I think without exception, I would like them all. Uh, it's just some I might prefer over others. Like, I like, like, I like a weird one who you never really know what they're going to do. Uh, Ford, I like, um, for the reason that I think out of all of them, he is best at, seeing the story seeing the action start to drag and just say okay i'm doing this <laughs> and that's that's something that as a dm i love like I, I played a game on the oh uh yeah on the fire breathing kittens and one of the players was that type of player who will sort of see things sort of stalled a little bit and i have ways of you know uh, unstalling but she would always be the one to sort of be like okay i'm doing this uh and, and that moves the action one way or the other which uh, i very much appreciate of Ford and uh, of my players when they do it as well. So I'm uh, going to continue on. Jesus Christ, there's a lot though. It, it's nice. Uh, like I'll, I'll come down in the morning, uh, start my work day. I'll, I'll put this on. It's sort of in the background while I'm working all day. And uh, it, it's, I, I think, helping me to get through all of this stuff, which is a good segue for... <laughs> Today's cleanup conversation sponsor is The Stand by Stephen King. Oh, well, that's interesting. Hmm. <laughs> okay, so this cleanup conversation derided, uh, is for, devoted to, I don't know what words I was trying to say. Again, my brain is mushing. Uh, that's something, uh, it's devoted to coronavirus stuff. Okay, so that's something right there, uh, the mushing of my brain. Um, I think it is a combination of all of this, but also the fact that the last week of working from home in terms of workload has been definitely the busiest of the year, um, and also the busiest in, we'll just throw it in the top five of the busiest I've ever been while working. There's There was a big project that came in, that's just so happened to coincide with this freaking virus stuck at home, which is uh, kind of shitty. Uh, like it would be nice to be at home and well, see, that's the thing. I, I've gone back and forth about this. Maybe the fact that I have had so much work to do, it's allowed me to not focus on all this stuff as much, not uh, uh, um, get bogged down by everything and, and sort of feeling depressed about it. And for the most part, other than maybe the last, you know, Thursday and Friday, down a little bit. Uh, I, I've been happy. I, like, uh, I'm someone who stays at home for the most part anyways, <laughs> living that quarantine life uh, on the regs anyways. So I, it hasn't been a hardship by any means. M millions, billions of people have it much worse than I do. Uh, I have a job that allows me to work from home. Uh, I used to work from home two days a week uh, before all of this happened, so... Um, uh, it's something I have to search for the silver linings. Um, and, and that's what I have been doing. Uh, another thing I did was shave my beard off. Yeah. For the first time, 
practically since I could grow a beard, so whatever age that was, uh, like if I always had facial hair of some sort, I decided, okay, you know what? No one's going to see me <laughs> because I look ridiculous without one. Uh, no one's going to see me for a while. Uh, I, I'm just going to shave it off, start fresh, uh, and then not shave it again until we're back at work in, you know, God, who knows how long. That's one of the, the things, right? Like, is it four months? Is it a year? Is it 18 months? Is it ever? We don't know. Scary stuff. Uh, so, uh, you know, and I'm doing things like that, like looking for like stupid little things to do. Like I, I, I've uh, searched out and joined a bunch of uh, more D&D groups. I've uh, shaved my beard. I've, I've, I've cleaned things in the house. I've uh, um, just just stupid little silver linings and, and, and dumb things to entertain yourself. I, I think stuff like that's important in these times. Oh, uh, one of the prime ones is I just started to write a, a, a COVID diary, a, a sort of journal of all my kind of thoughts and feelings and just sort of a, a nebulous sort of combination of things that I'm doing, things that I'm feeling, uh, with the thought that in, you know, 20 years from now, when hopefully... Jesus Christ, hopefully, uh, things are back to quote unquote normal. I, I can, you know, dust this baby off and, uh, at the very least, hopefully be entertained by it and potentially, you know, do something with it, uh, publish it or something like that. Turn it into a book. Who knows? Um, what else? Uh, yeah, I, I guess that's kind of it, but uh, it's, uh, I have a feeling like, like I'm doing this talk here now in this episode um future episodes going forward uh probably like if it comes up naturally that's fine but uh i don't know if i'll do a lot of talking about it on the podcast unless it's something people are interested in maybe it is uh i started listening to oh you know that's one way it'll come up uh, i started to listen to kamel nanjani and his wife emily gordon or you know what i should say emily gordon and uh, her husband kamel nanjani uh, hashtag feminism um did i would start their own podcast about staying at home and how to deal with things so you know if, if, if that's something people are interested in uh I, I would certainly throw it at the end of every episode what i'm doing to stay sane clearly it's not working amazingly but uh, <laughs> uh you know i've been seeing a lot of people joking online about uh how uh, people are going to stuck at home start podcasts now like there's going to be a lot of new ones rolling on the scene i'm like jesus christ i got, I got few enough listeners already not gonna go to compete with a bunch of new ones <sighs> folks <sighs> keep this in mind and, and this is something i say at the end of every episode so why change for this one because it's truer now than ever it's nice to be nice to the nice this is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Nah, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. 
Wait to see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.